Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our business law podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist for your listening benefit. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Staub. And we have some construction next door. I don't know. We should we should do something about that, Matt. It's getting in the way of our podcast. Yeah, no, I, I recommended the cease and desist letter, but I guess they haven't responded to it yet. Yeah, what is that going to get there? We should, well, at least we should mail it out today see how that goes <laughs> mail out yeah it seems like it'd be kind of counterproductive mailing it out it's right next door so you would have to go somewhere to mail it and then they would deliver right right <laughs> next to the spot where you're you're located i would pass by their door on the way to the post office <laughs> yeah that happens sometimes i i've actually thought about i've thought about that before and i've mailed things out in the same like really close to where my office is and it's you know but you have to mail it out so it's just kind of weird in that sense i don't know if it's a myth but isn't there some kind of federal law that prohibits you from actually delivering mail into a federal mailbox receptacle yes like of someone's home i got in trouble for that in high school my friend and i went around to a neighborhood and we had to deliver flyers for the pizza place that we were working at and we were supposed to go up to every door and put it on like the door i forget exactly what we're supposed to do but then the driveways are really long, so we just got tired of it. So we just started putting the post box, right? Yeah, we started putting in people's mailboxes, and then our the business got a call saying that we can't do that because it's against the law. So almost got arrested. That's your big brush the law, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, uh, got charged with eighty counts of a federal crime, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Mail fraud. <laughs> yeah. Pretty serious, but this was a delivered by my postman. This is from a pizza place yeah. down the road. It did work though. We got a lot of business from that neighborhood like the that week. So pretty good overall positive experience for the for the company. Well, I don't know. In California and else, elsewhere in urban places, it seems like mailboxes are kind of going to the wayside now. I mean, oh yeah, they all have like central facilities where you have to go walk down the street and pick it up now and things like that. Yeah, it's definitely shifting. But I think that's in part because of the presence of online ways to do things. <laughs> that's a great transition. Yeah. It wasn't even purposeful in me telling that story, how we're supposed to go delivering flyers. Nowadays, we might just use social media. Well, not that pizza place because it's closed down, but if it was still around, it wouldn't have either because it never did anything proactive. <laughs> but Wow, ouch. If it wanted to and if it was still, still in existence, yeah, it could use some social media to reach its customers. So I guess let's say I was in that situation and we were using social media, but I was the one in charge of all the social media accounts. Like I said, I'm not an owner. I just an employee there and they probably would put me in charge of social media. And so it's a conundrum for employers because you put one of your employees, maybe someone who's even really low down on the totem pole to be in charge of the social media accounts. And then, you know, something might happen and then you're looking at, you know, the employee leaves or there's some dispute or whatever. You have to look at who owns these accounts. So I think there's a lot of, th and we've talked about this a long time ago. That was more of just a, a lawsuit, but this is a pretty interesting subject and something that employers, I think, need to to hammer down before they just really jump into it without thinking about it. Yeah, and, and if you think about it, this is an actual real problem. You know, I know sometimes we talk about legal issues that may not relate to everyone, 
But I would say that uh, social media, you know, obviously even our firm participates in that little experiment of of marketing, et cetera. But when it comes to social media, every small business is, is pretty much involved. And so imagine you hire an employee and you have them create a social media account for the business. Uh, your expectation is that you own those that account. But what about the contacts that they make? For example, let's say that they're a sales rep of some sort and they're an employee and then you, you give them a whole address book of email addresses to add on LinkedIn and they develop those contacts and so forth. But then a year later, the employee leaves. The employer may be under the impression that, hey, those are your contacts. And so therefore, you should be able to keep them or that account was created for that purposes, even though it's in in the individual's name. And so these are all these issues that on one hand, most of these issues have been settled as far as how to resolve them. But on the other hand, there's also new and new legislation that keeps coming about that also focuses on the privacy and the protections of employees in relation to these social media accounts. So you kind of have to weigh the balance of both of these and go on a step-by-step basis to see what you actually own and, and what you're entitled to own as well. Yeah. And I think there's varying levels of this ownership. So, you know, a right to access or even control an account. So, I mean, that's something that'd be pretty pretty easy to to handle if someone were to not be a part of the company anymore. And then you, you just keep moving up. So ownership of the account name, okay. Ownership of the account content. Now that's to me, that's the first time we're really getting into something of real value there. And then like you mentioned, ownership of the relationships of the account, you know, the contacts, things like that. So you obviously need to think about this before you just like I said, give access to one of your employees on how much discretion you want to give them. If you're a big company or a bigger company and you have a director of marketing or I don't know, directors of social media or things like that or whatever names, I'm not a big title person, but you definitely have dedicated people to social media now. Even if you have a marketing department, there may be just a very few set of people or even one person in a small business that is dedicated to posting online. Right. So like all things we talk about, just, you know, put a policy in place and have it agreed to because you don't want to, I mean, you had mentioned the contact side of it. I guess there's been a f- quite a few lawsuits or cases in recent years of contacts made via LinkedIn. Getting on social media from a business perspective on a business profile just doesn't have the same effect if it's person to person, you know, under the persona of an individual rather than the company. And so I can see why employers would encourage their employees as individuals to sign up for these accounts because it's a lot more personable, you know, it's a lot more effective. Whereas, you know, if you have target.com posting something versus the CEO or a customer representative posting something, there's a little bit more relationship there. And so the problem is, though, is when you do that, the implications of who owns that account, the relationships and the contacts and the content, just like Matt mentioned, is a little bit more ambiguous because, well, I would say this as far as from some actionable advice here is that if the name of the account is under the individual's name, I would just go ahead and assume that's in their control and then it's in their property. Yeah. Even with proper contracts and policies, it's still difficult because in about 17 or so states, they have laws that particularly protect employees from having to give up their passwords for these types of accounts and things like that. And then on the other hand, if it's in the name of the company, 
even still, I'd be concerned, but I would, I would make the assumption that it isn't in your, it's in the employer's business's name, but make sure you have that documentation to back that up as well. Yeah, I think that's a good rule of thumb. And like we were mentioning, there's been lawsuits on this already. And this is something I mentioned before, too. You need to have this in writing. So from the few decisions that have been out there, courts are basically saying, you know, you need a written agreement that's clear. And if it doesn't really detail, if there's nothing in writing saying, you know, this employee owns this or the employer owns this or access to that, then not a great situation for the employer. So there's another thing I wanted to mention, too. So this is the fine line to me is, Let's say you have this one person in charge of the social media for the business. Obviously, that's a huge chunk of what they do. But where do you draw the line in terms of, you know, their social media usage during work hours that's beneficial to the business versus, you know, something that might be more related to the individual on, on a personal level? Does that make sense? I don't know if I... Yeah, it's a, it's a good point because here, okay, you have an individual that, again, maybe in some kind of sales or marketing capacity... And they're using that individual account for both personal, or even if they're not, but let's say they are using it for both personal and work-related activities, that's going to go beyond the regular work week. And then even if even if they aren't using it for personal basis, social media is 24-7. And, and if they get messaged or tagged and res, you know responded to, it's similar to an email, they could ignore it. But at the same time, part of the social media aspect is engagement. And if you get something on Friday night and delaying it until Monday may not be good for your business. And, and drawing that line of when they're working, everything to overtime rules, to aspects of use of technology and any kind of reimbursement for that aspect, it has implications, definitely. Yeah. it's a good point. And just to go back on one of the a recent case here, too, that... Where was this in? This looks like it's in the Eastern District of Pennsylvania. But basically they ruled for the the individual, not the business, saying that there was never a policy of requiring employees to use LinkedIn. The employer did not dictate contents of the employee's LinkedIn account. The employer did not pay for the LinkedIn accounts, which... LinkedIn can be free, so I don't... If you are paying for your account, you're probably being scammed somehow. In fact, if you want me to create one for you, you know, just send me send us some money. Yeah. Yeah, and the employer did not maintain a separate account. So the LinkedIn thing is is weird to me. I don't, I don't, it's, no, you're right, because LinkedIn is specifically like very individual focused. It's individuals that are looking for jobs, trying to network. It's it's very business related. But, the, the, you know, even the fact that it the primary focus is who your current employer is and who your former employer is, it lends to the fact that this is a this is an account that sticks to the individual. So if you go to the next job, then that current employer is going to become the former employer and, and you're going to fill it in with your own. So no, I, I agree with you. LinkedIn, compare it to other things like Instagram and so forth. Like, for example, even if it's under an individual's account, I think for purposes of making it clear for ownership, you have to have the company create the account, possibly under a pseudonym or maybe under the individual's name, but I'd just be very reluctant to do that if if your intention is to keep that account. I would look at it this. I have an employee that is very social, no pun intended, and knows what they're doing on social media. I'm gonna encourage them to use their personal account to to market and they're gonna be compensated for that accordingly. But if they leave, then I'm going to lose that account. And it's like me, it's the same way I'm losing that employee's benefit. I'm losing the accounts and the, the intellectual property that that employee may have developed in the course of the business as well. Yeah. I mean, I would just think that you'd want the business name in there anyways, and not some individual that 
I don't know who this this person is. Yeah, you no, know, you can have the name of the person and the business name in there, so it's very very closely related. That this is a separate account for purposes of the business. You may have another personal Instagram account or a LinkedIn account, but this is for you know you as an individual for business, and that that might be easier to handle for sure. Yes. There was also this one case where it was interesting because this person was actually on medical leave and the employer, you know, they still wanted to make sure the account was being being managed, but it was under the personal account. And so for a couple of weeks while the person was on medical leave, they were using the account for promotion. And the, and when the employee came back, they found out about it and actually ended up suing the employer for that use and actually won. And so even though this is a new area, relatively new area of business practice, it's just opening up all these weird different issues that a lot of businesses probably would not easily anticipate or not necessarily as intuitive as may, many people may think. Yeah. And we even talk about social media with drones. So it's another area. With uh, drones? Oh, yeah. Well, I'm just saying more technology-based things that the law is going to be completely different now than it will be five years from now. Like, so all the social media stuff. So quick update on drones. The FAA actually just released a whole slew of uh, guidelines for commercial use of drones. If you recall our last episode on this, there hadn't been any really changes in the last year or two. And all of a sudden that happened, which was pretty cool. I agree. I thought it was cool. But anyway, well, that's uh, ending our uh, drone episode. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. Social media, I mean. <laughs> social media drones. That's why I got confused when he said social media drones, but now I understand what you're saying. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, everyone, and have a good week. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.